Matthew 11, if you would please turn there. And can we stand one more time to honor God's word as we read it? Matthew 11. Um, again, Pastor Jet, thank you for the privilege to be here with you uh, personally, but then just with ministry. It's an honor and so honored to be with you. So Matthew 11, verse number one, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And notice verse number three, and this is kind of the emphasis this morning. And he said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? John, as you know, was at a really, really low point. And if you're going to describe this question here, you'd describe it this way, doubt. And so the thought this morning is don't drown in the doubt. Don't drown in the doubt. You are going to face it. And if you've been in ministry more than a month, you've already (laughs) faced it. And uh, whether you pastor a church that's thriving or you're still trying to identify your permanent building as a church planner, you're going to face doubt. And I want to look at, with God's help, how John processed the doubt that he dealt with. Father, I'm glad that I get to be with you, with your people this morning, and certainly not worthy of it. And God, I just pray that you would make it useful. My greatest privilege, Father, is to be your child, to be your son. And to get to be in ministry is such a blessing, and yet it does come with challenges. And Father, even just as I'm thinking through this message and and just thinking about challenges that we have faced that and knowing that we'll face more until the Lord returns or you take me home, God, I know my brothers and sisters are going to face challenges too, and and the doubt that can come with that. And so would you just use this, whether they've heard this before or wherever they're at in ministry, God, would you use this to be a help? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. My wife, Andrea, is a pretty amazing woman, not just because she stayed with me, but she just, she's really amazing. And and one of her skill sets that it, you just don't have opportunity to use it, and it's not something you walk into a fellowship meeting and you say, hey, I'm really good at this. And so that's my job. I get to tell people the things she doesn't want everybody to know about her when she's not here. My wife is an amazing swimmer. She is, she is an amazing swimmer. Not speed, but she can swim and tread water for a really long time. We have a lake in our valley, Lake Lowell's. It's, it's awful. I mean, the water, all of the, all, it's, it's basically the catch location for all of the um, uh, chemicals and water that's used to irrigate the farms in the valley. But hey, it's the best thing we have to go swim in. So we just go swim in it and hopefully build up our immune system. And, and so we, we've gone there a few times, and so we were, there, we were there swimming, and it's a beautiful location, man. You see mountains everywhere. The sun sets out there just 
fantastic. And so we've got some of our kids out there and we're swimming. Well, you know those buoys that they have to keep the boats from coming in too far and just kind of give a safe spot. Well, there's a buoy and I see her and she just takes off to it. Now she's not, my wife is not a trash talker. She's not trying to be better than anybody, but I am all the time. I'm competitive. I'm like, oh, my wife said, I can just see what she's doing. I'm like, I'm about to go out there with her and just prove to her that I can swim too. And I know how to swim. I get out there and, and you get to that point to where it's, it's closer to just keep going than it is to go back, but you're a long way from being able to put your foot down and you thought the buoy was like 100 yards, but then you're like, maybe that was a quarter mile out. I don't know at this point. You're just really starting to get nervous. Well, she's just already by the buoy and she's just kind of floating around. And I get up there and I'm struggling a little bit and I'm like, can you, can you, can you grab onto the buoy? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just sitting here floating around like a little water princess out there. And so I get up there and it's one of those buoys. I didn't know this about those buoys. I've never swam to one of them before, but it's just like a pencil in the water. And I'm sitting there struggling with things, wrestling with this thing, trying to relax. And it's just falling in the water and going down and I'm not getting any relief. And she's like, no worries, babe, you can do it. And if you don't make it, I have, you have life insurance and I'm going to be rich. And you know, okay, she didn't really say that. I probably, no, sorry. And so I, I know I'm being a little ridiculous, but there was a moment yeah. when I, I began to wonder, did I just make a really bad decision <laughs> yeah. to try to keep up with my wife? And, and I understand what motivated me certainly wasn't virtuous. But the, the truth was I got into something that was very, very exciting. It looked like, man, this is going to be amazing. But it didn't take very long for the doubt to start setting in yes. about can I actually survive this? Can I make it? Yep. Am, I, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be able to get back to shore? Or is my wife going to have to drag me in? The point is this, difficulty can produce deep doubt. Now, John's approach to ministry, and you're familiar with it, can be summed up in this statement that he made about Jesus. He must increase, and I must decrease. The purpose of my ministry is not to make much of me, it's to make much of Jesus Christ. And by the way, that should be our approach to ministry as well. We're not here to build a platform for ourselves. Now look, God chooses to elevate different people in different ways and use different people in different ways, but it doesn't have anything to do with us. It has everything to do with him and making him known. And our approach to ministry should be this, to elevate Jesus Christ even at the cost of us decreasing. And when that's your approach to ministry, there are a couple of things that are going to be true across the board. Look, there are uniquenesses in personalities. There are uniquenesses in the types of ministry and in some ministry philosophy. But if your approach to ministry is that Jesus increase, then there are a couple of things that are going to be true. Number one, you're going to preach truth that is counter to a godless culture. You are going to confront the culture. 
Not in an ugly way. Not in a way that is mocking people. Not in a way that is demeaning people. But you are going to point to the truth of who God is and their need for him. And that is going to require that you confront people where they are with the truth of who God is. And it's not going to be popular. For example, hey, Philip. I know that you're in a position of great power. I know that you are a ruler. I know that you're a son of Herod the Great. Or excuse me, I mean Herod. It's, it, I got the brothers confused. Herod, um, Antipas, but you're not allowed to have your brother Philip's wife. It's not of God that you do that. You may be in power, but that power doesn't entitle you to just do whatever you want with your life. That is counter to the culture. Here's the second thing that will be true. You will experience difficulty to a greater degree than you thought you would. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone, at least I hope, I hope that people don't do this. They go into ministry thinking, man, this is going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think most people get into it. I suck, dude, this is going to be the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, like swimming out to that buoy. I got this all day. I, I know we can be guilty of that, but I don't think people enter the ministry thinking, yeah, this is going to be easy. But there's a difference between not thinking it's going to be easy and then not understanding how hard it can be. And there are going to be seasons when the work of the ministry in any number of ways is going to be more difficult than you realize that it was going to be. Now look, John was accustomed to hardship. Wilderness, camel's hair, locusts and wild honey, but prison? He would be familiar with the justice system of the day. And there weren't exactly a whole lot of pardons being written necessarily for guys that were considered to be political enemies I don't believe John was naive. In fact, I think his awareness of where this was probably headed contributed significantly to this moment. But it was harder than he realized it was going to be. And in that moment, he had doubt. Look at verse number three again. Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? This is hard and it's harder than I expected. Now there are a couple of flawed conclusions that you can come to about John. And by the way, and I don't really have time to get into this part, but you can, it's really valuable to look at how Jesus responded to John's doubt. And so let me just go ahead and say this real quick. Brothers, when somebody else is doubting, they don't need to be beaten up or kicked or made fun of or mocked or posted about. It's the time to go to them when you know that they're doubting. But there's a couple of bad assumptions that we could come, or conclusions that we could come to about John because of his doubt. Here would be, here would be the first one. Well, John is just basically, he's a pansy. <laughs> Man, you know what? I, if you doubt, it's because you're a wuss. I just, it's good for me to remember that I don't know what everybody goes through. And I don't know how hard it is for everybody. And I don't understand everybody's battles. I don't understand everybody's trials. This dude was not a pansy. He was not a flake. This brother was manly. Now, I can't prove this, but I personally, he did not get the camel's hair from Walmart or from the camel's Macy. 
or from the local Goodwill. Somebody had to take that hair off the camel. <laughs> okay, I can't prove this from the text. I, I'm just going to imagine he was like, I need some new clothes. I need some new threads. And so he went out and he, man, he went alone in the wilderness and he took out a camel, skinned him, and dressed himself up. Man, he was crafty and ferocious. I can't prove that. That's what I think might have happened. Locust and wild honey. This dude was not weak, but even the strongest men can doubt. You say, well, he just obviously, he didn't have a walk with God. He wasn't spiritual. You do realize that you can be reading your Bible every day for the right reason. And question why God has you in a place that he has you. Question why you're going through circumstances that you're going through. Listen, John, John saw the triune God at work. Okay, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Spirit of God descending on the Son of God. And then the voice of God the Father affirming what was going on. John witnessed that. Man, you, can, you can see God do some amazing things. You can walk with God. You can be calling out to him. And yet you can experience difficulties and challenges. There can be seasons of attack. And the danger is that we drown in the doubt. Look, I, I don't like this fact, but pastors, whether they planted the church or they took over the church, pastors are quitting at, a, at an astronomical rate. And I'm not saying everyone that quits would necessarily be preaching what we believe needs to be preached. I'm just, you study statistics and then you just consider you, or your own experience. You know that people drop out because of the difficulty. Yeah. It got hard and they doubted. Sometimes we compromise truth. Yeah. We drown in the doubt. Like this just doesn't work anymore. Mm. We drown in the doubt. We can get bitter yeah. in the doubt. Look, sometimes we do doubt, and, and I can't, I'm not dealing with this, just mention it. We doubt because we're distracted. Yeah. Oh, look, look, guys, we, this, that's not, this is not what the message is, but just for the sake of making sure I deal with myself, and if God will help to be a challenge to you, man, we got to make sure that we're not spending more time watching TV and knowing more about movies and entertainment than we do the Word of God. Yeah. And the truth is, sometimes we doubt because our focus is in the wrong place. You know, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be a sinful thing. We're just more concerned about other things than we are the main things that we're supposed to be doing. Look, there, there can be other reasons for doubt. Sometimes we doubt, honestly, because we let sin in our lives. And look, I'm not going to, look, you would, if, if this was some kind of men's conference or ladies' conference and we talked about sexual purity or those kinds of things, man, there'd be pastors saying amen. But the truth is, pastors and pastors' wives struggle with the same thing that every other member of a church can struggle with. And sin can cause doubt. Okay, but here's the point this morning. You can doubt and it not be a result of sin. You can doubt because it's hard. I'm not a church planner, but I do know this, it's not easy. Have you ever wondered why in a brother of yours 
someone you know about or someone you heard at a meeting like this, it just took off for them in a way it didn't take off for you. Like I'm doing the, I'm doing the same thing. I'm praying to the same God. I'm preaching the same word. I'm loving. I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I'm not a hindrance to the work. I'm taking care of myself and I'm trying to do things in a way that represents the excellence of Jesus Christ. And, and, and yet we just, we just can't seem to get anybody to respond the way that we had hoped and the way that we had prayed. And it's, it's just hard. And yet this guy, and, and it's not that I'm, I'm bitter against him, but this guy's just going so well for him. No, that, Doubt can set in when it goes well for others in a way that it doesn't for you. Sometimes doubt sets in when your wife or your kids get sick. Hey God, you, you, you called us here and now we're dealing with this illness and this loss. Feels like a prison. Every time you go to a doctor's appointment, it's difficult news. You doubt, can I just honestly, we doubt sometimes, men, we doubt when our wives are struggling. Or when our kids are struggling. We can doubt when our, when our children, as they grow, maybe they make a decision that isn't honoring to the Lord. These are all kinds of difficulties that can come along, that can make us doubt. The point is, how do you deal with the doubt in a way that you don't drown? So just back to the goofy, ridiculous illustration, there was a moment when I started to get nervous. And between hating my wife for how good she can swim and then hating myself for being such a competitive punk that got myself in way over my head. I'm like, okay, you only, you have, you have two choices. You can panic and you know, that's not going to go well, or you can relax and you can focus on what you know. Yes. You, you can, you can get control of yourself. And so there are a few things that John still had control of, even as a prisoner that helped him. And even when you can't change every circumstance and even when you can't, you can't control every productivity and even when the things are hard around you, there are still certain things in you that you can control. And so I want you to notice how John responded to this doubt. Number one, I want you to notice who he didn't go to. John did not go to the Pharisees. Okay, no, 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 please get it. I'm really doubting Jesus right now. Let me go talk to the biggest critics of Jesus right now. No, he didn't go talk to the Sadducees. He didn't go and he didn't talk to the people that weren't following Jesus. He was doubting Jesus, but please get this. Even in doubting Jesus, he gave Jesus an opportunity to affirm his faith. So many times, one of the biggest mistakes that guys make when they're doubting is they choose to talk to the wrong people. They choose to listen to the wrong opinions and the wrong ideas. I mean, there, there are podcasts and, and there are critics 
of ministry and of biblically based church ministry. And the moment you begin because things are hard and you're like, well, the reason it's hard is because I have this position on the word of God or I have this position against Calvinism and you should have a position on the word of God and against Calvinism. And I believe in a certain philosophy about ministry and I believe that it's not my job. It's not my job to be as much like the world as I can to attract them. And yet because things are hard and you begin to doubt certain things that you run to the critics first instead of giving the voices that have helped you so many times an opportunity to affirm themselves to affirm the truth you know sometimes we get this we get we get frustrated with our with congregations that God allows us to minister with for this reason I can't know what you're struggling with if you don't tell me Okay, look, I'm, man, I'm, I'm thankful for how God is blessing, but I, I encounter this. N- not a lot, but I've encountered it and had to help our people with it. You can never think that I'm so busy that you can't text me or call me and tell me that something is going on. You know, something like this. Like, yeah, I spent a few days in the hospital and I just didn't want to bother you. No, I want, I, I want to be bothered. Brothers and sisters... Don't be hypocrites. When you're having a hard time, you need to make sure you're willing to talk to, not just talk to someone, but talk to the right people. You want your people that you minister with and that you're a part of to talk to you. Then you got to be willing to surround yourself with the right voices that are consistent with the truth and talk to them. And we get this attitude sometimes, look, I'm, I'm going through this quick. We get this attitude and we start feeling sorry for ourselves. Well, I called this pastor, but, but he didn't answer my call right away. Do you answer everybody's call the first time? Man, listen, I, I know men here. I know men like Tom Gibson. I know men like Brother Jesse Haley. I, I, know, my, I know my brother Jason. I remember one time, I just, I was, I, I, I hit a rough spot in Nampa and it, And listen, you know this, you can sometimes just doubt and be discouraged and you don't even understand why. I mean, I was, I was struggling. I'm I'm talking brutal to the point that Andrea is like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And she said this, I really think, I really think you need to call Jason. And look, I'm, I'm embarrassed by some of this. I was just, I was inside, I was just broken and I called him and if he remembers a phone call, I am sobbing. I'm sobbing in my vehicle as I talk to him. I walk into the office and I'm sobbing and at no point did this happen. You're a stinking baby. You need to dry it up and get over yourself. Now look, sometimes a guy needs to hear that. But sometimes, even if it doesn't all make sense, men are just hurting and need to be helped and you are surrounded by people that would be willing to help. You just got to be willing to talk to the right people. Yeah, right. Know, who you, know who you're seeking affirmation from. Number two, when you're in a season of doubt, remember what God's already done Amen. before Amen. the season of doubt. Jesus said this in verse number four. And again, I'm not preaching this, but I just, I want to point it out again. Jesus didn't beat John up. Which is why we know this wasn't a a spiritual issue. John just needed to be reminded. Jesus said, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. And, And it was the same things that had been happening before John was in prison. 
So he's reminding John, what had been done is still being done. The God who called you and the God who provided for you and the God who enabled you and the God who helped you is still the same God, even in those seasons when you're doubting. Yeah. And listen, it's, it's okay. The point is, it's not, you're not some wretched sinner because you're doubting. But you do need to remember that when you're doubting, God has not changed at all. We all come into those valleys in those seasons when it's, man, I just can't see. And I don't know where this is going. And I'm afraid and I'm hurting. And I don't know if I'm doing the right thing with my life. And I don't know if I have the right position. Well, talk to the right people, first of all. And then number two, make sure that you remember what God has done before that moment. So many times in those seasons of doubt, we forget that God has ever done anything good for us. Okay, I... I tend to be too transparent. Let me, let me talk about marriage for just a moment with this. I know I'm, I'm a pastor and so my marriage is supposed to be perfect, but I'm in it. <laughs> so it's therefore not perfect. Like, well, we just don't struggle in our marriage. Praise the Lord. Give me your phone number. <laughs> I, it challenges sometimes. You know, it's easy to forget when there's tension between you and your wife. That you have a really good thing going. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know what that emotion's like, right? Yes. I mean, I know you don't want to admit it, but you know what it's like, right? So yeah. when you have that moment of tension and there's, there's just this intensity about it and there's this hurt or there's this misunderstanding. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make you guilty of something that I'm, I'm only guilty of. I just know that thoughts can creep in your head like, man, is this even worth it? And you completely forget 22 years of how much God has blessed your life in a moment of emotion. The same thing can happen with ministry. You doubt and you forget how good God has been. Last thing, and I'll, I'll finish. Last thing, stay humble in your doubt. Here's what happens when we doubt. We become experts that we weren't before. You know what you were before you doubted? You were just following God. Like, God, where he leads, I will follow. I love this about John. John sent his disciples and said, you ready? Ask. You know what it speaks to? He was humble. He understood the answer is not within me. This is such a strong statement, but I have been guilty of this. Be aware of the self-worship that comes with doubt. Meaning this, that because I'm feeling it, it must be true. Look, just because you're feeling doubt doesn't make it true. Just because you're feeling uncertain doesn't make it true. Just because you feel like nothing good is ever going to happen doesn't make it true. Just because you don't know where the help is going to come from doesn't mean help isn't coming. Just because you don't see the, the physical fruit doesn't mean fruit isn't being produced. Just because you don't see how this ministry can ever be effective in an eternal way doesn't mean it's not being effective in an eternal way. I'm just telling you, there is a subtle and unintentional and yet very dangerous, dangerous arrogance that creeps up within us when we doubt. And that's this, my feelings are so strong, I cannot be wrong about this and therefore it's just better for me to give up, to quit, to compromise, whatever it is. And you literally are falling prey to pride. 
Look, look, pride, we think of pride like, you know, the professional athlete pride. And I did that one time. I scored a layup my sophomore year. And it was a pretty good layup. I mean, when you're 5'8", every, any layup's an impressive layup. But it was, on, it was on a fast break. And I'm just, I'm like a chihuahua. I'm just tenacious no matter how big the guy is. And I took it right to a guy bigger than me. And I had hops back in those days. And I scored. And I'm just, I'm running down. I got subbed out of the game so fast and reminded, you will never do that again. It was a layup, you dork. And this is a Christian school, too. Maybe I have those reversed. Maybe that should have been more important. No, that's what we think about pride. But there's also a pride when we won't recognize that what we're feeling may not be accurate. And it takes the same humility when we're hurting and afraid to say, God, I don't know what is best. And I need you to affirm the truth and the direction in my heart. Don't drown in the doubt. Talk to the right people. Remember what's been done for you. And stay humble before a God who sees the end that he is trying to achieve with you, even when you're unsure of it. Don't drown in the doubt. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I don't know how God would use it, but if he has, let's be responsive to him. I'm just, I'm just going to ask this. Just In just a moment, the piano, is, as soon as she is ready, the piano is going to begin to play. And if God has spoken to your heart, I'm just going to ask you, you do business with God.